All right, you probably know by now that DNVR is a huge believer in the benefits of CBD. And as a consumer, you got to find the product that works best for you. And Green Roads hooked us up with some incredible products. We want to share our experience with you. I actually had uh, the Relax Gummies. They've become a part of my nightly routine now, and I get done or mostly get done with work. Uh, just, just helps you uh, settle down, chill out, relax, get into your groove as you uh, move into the night. So check out Green Road CBD. They have over 30,000 five-star reviews, so you know that they have helped people out all over the world. Use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. It's Green Roads CBD. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two girls out to Zach Mace Arcade at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four still waiting for, well, bring on the chase. Couple with brick, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver edu slash online is the website you can check it out you can use the code dnvr sports to get all of your application fees waived which is one hell of a deal they've got uh 400 sorry 750 total classes and more than 40 hybrid programs so they should have something for you if you're looking to further that education and msu denver students work twice as many hours as any students attending any other colorado institution so check out msu denver edu slash online today. My boys, what's shaking? Holy cow, George Payton hit the ground running, guys. We're not even 24 hours in to the to the tampering period, and it seems like we have a whole different Broncos team. Or can we say he blinked in negotiation? He hit oh. the ground running, but Von Miller's coming back with every single nickel on his original deal for this year. Yeah, and to me that, I mean, Von Miller got all of the leverage in the last 24 hours. Um, so I can't really blame George Payton for taking that deal and, you know, keeping Von Miller around. Now, it seems like the Broncos, you know, this was not one of those things where, oh, the Broncos have all along thought they were going to pick up Von Miller's option and we're just cool with that. Oh, because no. <laughs> because you see them yesterday um, in on multiple different pass rushers who you assume and, and you know, uh, there's no – it can't be – you can't be 100% sure, but you assume if the Broncos land a Leonard Floyd, well, then they're definitely not bringing back Von on his full option. So, to me, this is – Vaughn, you know, the market shook out. Vaughn sitting there saying, why would I take any, anything less if this is what these other guys are getting? Like, Vaughn's better than Leonard Floyd. So, he's, you know, and, and according to Mike Kliss, George, George Payton gets on the phone with him last night and says, hey, you know, you want to be here? He says, yes. All right, cool, we'll take the option. Um, I don't necessarily think they blinked in negotiations. I just think the market said, this is what Vaughn is going to get paid. 
I mean, this was 100% dictated by Vaughn, guys. Last week, Vaughn, uh, the Broncos approached Vaughn about a pay cut and a restructure, and he said, nope. And they said, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go test the market then. We're not, going to, 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 we're not going to decide on your contract option until we have to. So we're going to go test the market, which is smart that the Broncos did that, guys. See what's out there yesterday. And the market said pass rushers are still the cream of the crop. We're still going to pay them. Uh, and the numbers that were out there were crazy yesterday. And then what's crazy is then George Payton called him and said, Vaughn, do you want to be here? And Vaughn called his shot. He said, yes. And then that's when they decided to pick this up. I mean, th- this wasn't George Payton. This was Von Miller making the decision about what he was going to do uh, and not do. And he puts out a statement today saying that he wants to be here forever. He said, I have totally bought into being a Colorado for life, let alone a Denver Bronco. I want to be here forever through the thick and the thin, the Super Bowl seasons, the losing seasons. I want to be here forever. Just not at a pay cut. Uh, uh, obviously. And so now the Broncos will bring him back and guys, there's a chance that there's a restructure. I know some people have been saying that that could happen. It would have happened last week. So I think right now you kind of have to book Vaughn in for that $18 million cash that he'll make this year in the $22 million cap hit. And the other thing is, uh, as we're seeing some of the terms come out on some of the deals the Broncos made uh, on over the cap right now, they uh, both report, they report that both Shelby Harris and Ronald Darby have $4 million cap charges for this year. So they have bigger numbers hitting next year. So you're in a position where you should have a bump in the cap next year, but you don't want to go spending all that. You don't want to go spending all of it. So the the wise move now is to just go ahead and, and, and take the hit on Von Miller for this year. And then if you bring him back on a new deal for 2022 and beyond you do, but then if, things don't work out and he's not back in 2022 you're not looking at a dead money charge so i would i would say the broncos shouldn't even consider a restructure beyond this to create more cap space just leave it as is right just leave it as is right now and then move on from there they still have money to go get a corner they still have another corner they still have money to go get a safety they still have money you'll get a backup quarterback so i all of that is still in play, even when you count for the RFA tenders. And regardless of the price, uh, which obviously you would have liked to knock down, but just that became unrealistic in my opinion. Um, you hope, you know, I'll touch wood here. You hope that you're finally going to get to see your plan from all those years ago when you decided you wanted to pair together Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. And we've seen it for four games. They were a failure of a four games. You have to assume by the time they get out there again, the Broncos will have a much better plan of how they're going to use them, how they're going to free each of these guys up for sacks. Um, and I, I really do believe that, you know, when the, uh, sorry, when the chiefs decided to, you know, jettison both of their bookend tackles, especially the one that had Von Miller locked up for most of their games against each other, the Broncos also, you know, just started to think about that idea of what they can do with that two-headed monster out there rushing the passer. So, um, obviously, the uh, Chiefs went and paid Joe Thune a bunch of money yesterday, which is just – it's just funny. You know, it goes into our, our whole idea about the cap and how you can skirt it. But it's uh, – to me, this is big for the Broncos just in the sense of, okay – Let's finally see 
if that plan we put together of, of creating that two-headed pass rusher um, can come together. Right, and, and that's what you're hoping is that it does come together because, like you said, it hasn't come together uh, in, in the past two years, and that's something where the investment is clearly there with Von Miller, paying him $22 million, $18 million. Guys, uh, the market was there for the Broncos to legitimately potentially ask Von Miller to take a pay cut. Uh, although it was high, the Broncos could have convinced uh, themselves and, and had a good argument to ask Von to take $15 million a year or $16 million a year uh, from, from his production over the last two seasons. But Von said, my name's Von Miller. And, 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 and that's who I am. I'm not doing that because I'm Von Miller. I'm better and have, you know, a bigger pedigree than Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, Leonard Floyd, Carl Lawson, uh, Yannick, um, and Gakway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got it guys. Don't, hey. don't, don't worry about me. Hey, you're, you're hesitating you a little bit. You didn't look like you had it. You oh, ended I? up getting it. You just, <laughs> yeah. you didn't sound like you had it. But guys, the the Broncos, um, so they they paid Vaughn for being Vaughn, not for the past two years, and so they they need him to bounce back this year. Absolutely. Of course, the other thing, though, I mean, I, you can't can't get out of your mind. I think the fact that they were interested in Leonard Floyd, and of course, Floyd gets that deal that's sixteen million dollars a year. So you wonder what. What was the Broncos offer to Leonard Floyd? Of course, Floyd played for Vic Fangio in Chicago. What what were they? I mean, what was the 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 offer? I mean, was it close to that? Were they in the ballpark? And were they thinking in terms of Floyd that all right, he's he's a bit younger and uh, maybe we get a little bit of savings, but uh, we get somebody who has played for Vic Fangio and that, that Vic Fangio drafted in Chicago. So that's, that's, it's, it's interesting how things work, but if the Broncos were really in the mix for Leonard Floyd, maybe we're having a completely different discussion this morning about Von Miller being let go. And what that tells me is that maybe Von Miller wasn't the first choice Leonard Floyd was. Yeah. Well, I think the Broncos, yeah, I think the Broncos probably liked the idea of, getting uh, a little bit of cap savings there um, while still bringing in a player that they trusted that knew the system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And they also maybe internally said, Hey, look, if we have a Leonard Floyd, then we can really dig our feet in on getting Vaughn to take a pay cut. Um, You know, maybe they were going to say, look, if we can get Leonard Floyd and we we have a number that we want to demand Vaughn accept, or we let him go. And they would have, been able to put Vaughn in a very precarious position, I think, if if he's serious about being a Bronco for life and all that stuff. So, um, in the end, they needed to make sure that they had their guy. Um, and while yes, the market yesterday was around 15 million. You said it, Zach. That none of those guys are Von Miller. Um, and you know, Shaq Barrett's probably the closest. He got what 18. So exactly. Um, you know, then it, it, you know at that point then there's not too much of a difference between the, what they had, what they, uh, what they, what Shaq got. Uh, but there's lots of other moves and we got to move on. Um, so why don't we go now to some of the less exciting moves? Um, I'll start with Kareem Jackson, who to me is the, probably the biggest loss um, here. I thought he was fantastic last year and the year before I didn't see any sort of drop off in his play. Um, and I think he's really meaningful 
to that secondary. What do you guys think of the decision? Uh, Mace, I'll start with you to not pick up his option. Well, in light of Vaughn Miller being picked up, maybe it's clear that they were going to, it was kind of coming down to one or the other, perhaps. It makes sense empirically when you step back and say, all right, what if they can sign, uh, re-sign Will Parks? Or what if they can bring in a, a Keanu Neal and, and get some savings uh, on having uh, going down from 12 million plus uh, to having 2 million on the dead cap? Maybe you get to Neal for, uh, say, 7 or 8 million on a one-year deal. I mean, I, I get that kind of in a vacuum. And I also get the notion of the Broncos maybe stepping back and thinking, all right, if we're looking at our roster, do we really want to have the highest paid safety core? Is this the best allocation of finite resources or are we better off in another direction? So, you know, kind of from the head, from the head intellectually, I get the move, but at the same time, you're taking one of the strengths of the team and you're turning it into a potential weakness. If you can't figure out that other, that other safety spot. So that that I would say that's where I kind of come in with some uh, frustration on that is knowing that you took a strength and turned it into a, a spot that's weakness. And then, of course, in there, the other angle is we all talk about Deshaun Watson, all roads lead to Deshaun Watson. And you just took the biggest lobbyist for Watson and the, the guy who could kind of have bridged have bridged the gap between the two sides and sold Deshaun Watson on Denver. You took that out of the equation. And so. For me, that alone would have been reason enough to keep Kareem Jackson. Well, Mace, I'm really happy that you brought that up because I guess this is a hot take here. I don't think that matters for, for Deshaun. Deshaun Watson's not coming here because his friend Kareem Jackson is here. Deshaun Watson's coming here because of the weapons that the Broncos have on offense and whatever George Payton sells him on about his vision for the team. And also if he wants to live in Denver. And I know, Mace, a lot of people are saying what you are. And, and that's just one side of it. I'm just viewing it from a different angle. I don't think that uh, Deshaun Watson having a friend in Denver who may be here one more year as, as his deal only had one more year was going to do much with it does it hurt maybe it hurts a percent but I don't think if Kareem Jackson's here Deshaun Watson's coming here if Kareem Jackson's not here Deshaun's saying no he's not coming here so well, I, I really don't think that that matters and let me just add from everything I've heard about Deshaun Watson there are very few teams that he would decline a trade to for him it's a lot more about getting out of Houston than it is going to the exact spot that he wants to go. So um, I don't think he would decline a trade to Denver. It's really more about, in my opinion, the Broncos putting together the best offer if and when they ever you know, come to terms with the fact that Deshaun Watson's not playing there anymore. And so when I t when I look at this Kareem Jackson move, and guys, when I take a step back and look at everything that the Broncos have done, I think every single move, maybe except for Philip Lindsay, you can justify uh, that move. And you can say, okay, Broncos using money for Kareem Jackson in a different place, that makes sense. Broncos bringing back Von Miller, you know, maybe more of a win-now move for the Broncos. Okay, going out and getting around. You, you can make all of these moves make sense. But together... I am left scratching my head a little bit. If you're bringing back Von Miller, I feel like you're bringing back Kareem Jackson for just one more year, right? Because Von Miller only has one more year on his deal. Kareem Jackson only has one more year on his deal. You're keeping the defense's strength by investing $22 million in Von Miller. 
why aren't you investing the the twelve million dollar cap hit in Kareem Jackson too? If you want to keep the defense's strength, because it, that that's what you're doing there. Uh, and now, now I I can see you know using ten million dollars that you save from Kareem to pay Ronald Darby. Broncos were also in on another cornerback yesterday. Wouldn't be surprised if they hit that again. So it's not necessarily weakening the defense, but you are weak weakening uh, you know the strength of your team right now. So that just put together with Vaughn and some of the other moves they made is is a little head scratching to me yeah you have to assume they have a plan at the position um because they haven't had one for a while now the plan has been justin simmons and cream jackson and, that, and that's a fine plan on the on the surface uh, maybe it's will parks uh, who they think can play back there at a cheaper rate i know mace has talked about that you know if you can get what, what was it 75 percent of the player for 25 percent of the cost Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, that's a, that's a fair trade, especially if some of that cost goes to better cornerbacks, uh, in addition to Ronald Darby, who we'll talk about in a second, I think. And then the draft as well. I mean, maybe you get Will Parks on a one-year deal, but you, you use a day to pick on the safety, kind of like you did back in 2016 with Justin Simmons. And then kind of your plan is by 2022, whoever you pick is stepping into the starting lineup, presumably alongside Justin Simmons on a long-term deal. And then you've actually got something that works financially where you've got the veteran making big money and then the young guy on a cost control deal being brought along and growing next to Justin Simmons. I think, I think a lot of the moves that you saw uh, George Payton make were very positional value focused. Um, You know, the, the biggest money here going out goes out to the pass rusher, which is obviously, uh, in most people's eyes, the second most valued position. Um, you know, the you, you've got corner, which is a huge position when it comes to positional value. So, of course, there's the other side of the coin. Safety, not big in terms of positional value. And then uh, the one that I think, you know, stung the fans the most uh, is Philip Lindsay. Um, who gets the low round tender, which, you know, in the end, it, it is doing right by Philip Lindsay. If you're not, if you don't want to give him the second round tender and pay him that money, um, because now he can kind of go shop around. He won't get pigeonholed into any deals. The Broncos still have a chance to match. So teams might be inclined to offer him more um, to make sure that the Broncos don't match it if they really want him. Um, so, it, you know, it kind of feels disrespectful on the surface to give a guy the low round tender. Um, it's not as bad as it seems on the surface, but to me, the move is as bad as it seems on the surface because I, you know, I think that Philip Lindsay is absolutely worth the three and a half million dollars that he was going to get on the second round tender and you have the money to do it. Um, so to me, the Broncos made a pretty big mistake here. Uh, and it just, it doesn't add up to me. It, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and I think the Broncos have really botched the whole situation with Philip Lindsay, really from literally day one. Before uh, they even got him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's never, they have never showed him the love. Um, and I think that's a huge bummer. Uh, because to me, he's someone you absolutely want on your team. Look, you know, I, I think I totally understand positional value and I understand you don't want to overpay running backs. They never had to overpay him. You know, why not offer him a, a four year, $13 million deal? Why not 
you know, offer him. There's so many ways they could have gone about this, in my opinion, that would have come off so much better. Uh, but it just never – it never looked like they valued Philip Lindsay. And that's a shame because really for a guy like Phil who I want, is the same as Vaughn, wants to be a Coloradan for life, wants to be a, a Bronco for life, all these guys want to do is just be shown the love. Uh, and, and obviously the Broncos just don't have that love. Yeah, it, it's very clear they don't. And Ryan, you said this could be a, a move that they're doing right by Philip Lindsay, which you're right. But the Broncos need to make moves that are doing right by their team. You know, Philip Lindsay would still get three and a half million dollars if given that second round cut. It's second round tender. It's not like he he's been doing dirty or been been done dirty there. Uh, and in terms of the team, I man, it's clear, Ryan that they view him as last year's Philip Lindsay, 502 rushing yards, 28 receiving yards and one touchdown. And they don't view him moving forward as the thousand yard running back that he was in 2018 and 2019, both his rookie and his sophomore season. Because if that's, if, if they viewed him anywhere close to those years, guys, you're picking up the the second round tender, three and a half million dollars. It's easy. Then you're working on that long-term deal. But if you view him like the 2020 Philip Lindsay, and probably they, they view him like the 2020 Philip Lindsay trending down because I even think $3.3 million is what that second round tender would be. I think that's probably worth 500 rushing yards Uh, and they don't even view him like that in my opinion. So uh, it's clear that they just value Philip Lindsay. They think uh, he's like what our commenter said last week, that he is a pure one dimensional running back where he can have success running to the outside. And and they don't believe he can have success being in every, every down back that can catch the ball, that can pass block, that can do all of those things. And Ryan, there's going to be a team that values him in that way that, that he can do a lot more than just be one dimensional. So it's not a goodbye yet for Philip Lindsay, but I mean, I think the writing is very clearly on the wall. Yeah. uh, You know, it's kind of a two-sided coin. I'm happy for Philip Lindsay because I I think what's going to happen is he's going to end up going to a team that knows how to use him. And the funny part is I think he's going to absolutely thrive in the passing game uh, wherever he ends up. You know, this is a guy who had 100 catches in college. Um, the only reason, in my opinion, he hasn't caught the ball well in the NFL is because the Broncos haven't put him in good positions to do so. Uh, so, you know, I, I, not, I don't only think that he's going to go and get back to at or around that 1,000-yard number, depending on how many carries he gets. I think you're going to see him explode in the passing game. Uh, and that's the thing that's going to really have Broncos fans scratching their heads just in the same way that, you know, Isaiah McKenzie was a decent returner when he was in Denver, but everyone thought, Oh, he can't be your wide receiver. And then he goes to Buffalo and he turns out to be a good returner and a good wide receiver. Um, you know, and when I say a good wide receiver, I should say like, you know, a good gimmick wide receiver. Um, and, the Broncos were never able to use him in that way. So I think you're going to see Philip Lindsay go out there um, and it may be even is Buffalo that he ends up in. I think that would be a really great fit for him. Um, I think you're going to see him be a great running back and also really, really thrive in the passing game. Yeah, boy, you two are, are talking uh, Philip Lindsay to Buffalo <laughs> into existence guys. I feel like that's going to happen. Well, you hope so. Part of it is just like you mentioned with, with Isaiah McKenzie, Buffalo is a team that will take less than ideal pieces in terms of height, weight, speed, 
and find ways to to make them fit. That the Bills, it's kind of one of Brian Dayball's specialties. It's you know kind of also something that New England does as well. And in terms of saying, all right, you know, this guy may not have everything in terms of checking off all the boxes, but he's really good saying two of the boxes. So let's play to his strengths. I mean, if, if a team like Buffalo signs Philip Lindsay, I don't think they're asking him to pass pro very often. And and that's the thing. I mean, if you know, part of coaching and part of uh, you know making the most of your, of your roster is maximizing the, the the skill sets of your players and playing to their strengths. And uh, you know, when you see Phil Lindsay uh, do be valiantly trying to to block, but clearly it's it's not what he can do best. When you see Noah Fant one on one against Khalil Mack in 2019, it's fair to question how the Broncos use the talent at their disposal when uh, they're setting them those players up to fail. And so now guys for the Broncos in their running back position, this was great news for Melvin Gordon. It means that, you know, he's going to be back this year. There wasn't much question of it, but there was still a little question of, you know, could the NFL suspend him and that would void some money. Uh, I think even if that happens, guys, Melvin Gordon's back this year with Philip Lindsay likely on his way out. And then it also raises the question and, and truly brings in to this conversation. The Broncos could be going running back day two, Heck, if they trade back twice in the first round and the best player on the board, let's say they're at pick 29 after trading back twice is a running back. And it's, it's clear that that's the best player on the board. Maybe they even go first round running back. Uh, and we know that this, you know, is a, is an issue beyond just this year, because right now you're going to have Royce Freeman, Melvin Gordon for this year, if you don't add someone and then it, it's empty after. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you're right. Going back to, the value of Philip Lindsay. I mean, I really think anyone in their right minds would say, okay, we can pay three and a half million dollars to not have running back be a, you know, a top of the board need for us this year. Um, that's a very worthy price tag on that. Now there's the, other, there's one other scenario here that could be playing out where the Broncos feel like they have a really good idea of Philip Lindsay's market. And they think it's, next to non-existent and there's a chance that he goes out no one gives him any sort of you know decent offer he's getting the offer of the vet minimum anywhere he goes and then he wants to come back to the broncos that that is a possibility but i think even if that was the case i honestly think the broncos have burned the philip Lindsay bridge um especially if you just look at the reactions uh, of his family members who have never been shy on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and to be fair to Phil, they haven't always, they're, they're, they haven't always spoken for him. They're very outspoken. Um, and, and, you know, I, I sometimes think behind closed doors, he's like, guys, chill out. But this one, I don't know. This one feels different. I think that, heck, if, you know, um, Buffalo offered him a one-year $3 million deal, and that was the best he was getting, he would rather take that than come back on one year 2.1, you know, even though there's not that big of a difference there. I think a lot of people think, oh, maybe Phil would take the hometown discount to stay a Bronco. But I don't think that's the best thing for him uh, or for his career, especially seeing the way that Pat Shermer was completely clueless on how to use him, um, which, you know, is concerning from the Broncos standpoint in the first place. Uh, that you can't figure out how to use a two-time thousand-yard back, a pro bowler, 
um, you know, a guy who averages 4.8 yards per carry on his career, which was even higher than that coming into this last season. Um, that's concerning to me. But I think Phil would absolutely be right to say, I'm not going to go do that again and, and let all these people, you know, tell me how crappy I am because my offensive coordinator keeps slamming me into the back of the center. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go somewhere that knows how to use me. And again, I think the biggest thing, because this is the thing that everyone loves to say that is, you know, trying to discredit Phil Lindsay. Oh, he's one dimensional. He's one dimensional. He's one dimensional. I think the biggest thing that you're going to see wherever he ends up is Philip Lindsay thrive in the passing game. That is, that is me calling my shot. Uh, Philip Lindsay thrives as a pass catching back next year. That's just going to rip Broncos fans hearts out to see it. That that's going to be a move that uh, is going to be tough for George Payton to sell guys. How tough of a, what do you guys think about uh, Ronald Darby? The biggest outside signing that the Broncos made yesterday. They obviously think he can uh, make the transition from man to zone. Now he does have the skill set to succeed in zone, but historically he's been a man guy to the point where when Sean McDermott came into Buffalo in 2017, it didn't take but a few months for them to turn around and trade Ronald Darby to Philadelphia when they were changing when they were changing their scheme. I, he he he's a good he's a good corner. I think what you have now is you have a room where if you don't add a first round pick to that room, you you can ride you can ride with that. The only thing is. Can he stay healthy? Uh, similar injury concerns historically to Bryce Callahan, even though he played all 16 last year. I'd like to see the Broncos add one more guy. They do have the cap space to do it. One more guy, maybe on a prove-it deal when this first wave of free agency settles, and then you'd have a quintet that could go Darby, uh, Callahan, OJ Moodya, Bassey, and a, let's say a Desmond King or a Kevin King or Chidobia Wuzier filling out that room. So you're kind of covered in case of injury. You've got some, you got some upside, you've got some potential. And then if the draft works out and you get a cornerback one, so be it, that's great, but you're not locked into having to get that guy. I think that's part of what this was about as well, making sure that they weren't locked into having to, to having to pick a corner and not trade down in round one. I like Ronald Darby. When he's healthy. And I hate <laughs> saying that about Denver Broncos free agent signings yeah. because I just don't remember the last time that actually worked out for them. Um, it's been a while since they got a guy that it had the when he's healthy tag on him. It, it just, you know, you touch wood because it doesn't, it just doesn't feel like that's worked out for the Broncos in the past um, because a healthy Ronald Darby is a very good NFL corner. Um, and so I, I'm excited about him. I think he plays with a little bit of swagger. I think he's got a little bit of dog in him. He, he's a good tackler. You know, he does a lot of the things that you love in a corner. But, man, you know, your top two corners in terms of price tag next year are going to be Bryce Callahan and Ronald Darby. And it's just like, dear God, you know – at the drop of a hat, you could be without both of them based on the way their careers have gone to this point. So that was my first thought. My second, and I followed him closely, obviously, when he was in Philadelphia. Um, he had the iconic play against the Falcons in the playoffs that, you know, helped send the uh, Eagles to the Super Bowl, where they threw it to Julio in the corner of the end zone and Ronald Darby, you know, pushed him out of the end zone and so he was great uh, during that run, and he was healthy during that run. He played really well. Um, 
but I just hate saying when he's healthy when it comes to a Broncos free agent signing. The other thing, guys, we asked Nikki Chabala about this. <laughs> yeah, this is the first thing that came to my mind. We asked Nikki when she was on Three Ring Circus, and I went back to watch it to see if it was as bad as I remembered, and it most certainly was. Her her response when we uh, when we tossed that up to her was, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just kept thinking about that over and over again yesterday. Ryan, what did she continue to say after that? I, I mean, basically just the, that wouldn't make sense. He's not a fit for what the Broncos do. Uh, and that exactly. if they want to pay Ronald Darby, they should take that money and give it to Justin Simmons. Yeah, exactly. And guys, this, I, I like Ronald Darby, the player when healthy, like you said, Ryan, but we've done this, we've done this song and dance over and over again through free agency about signing a guy that has injury concerns. And then it doesn't work out. Like you said, when was the last time that worked out? And the other thing about this, that, that, that is head scratching to me. It's what Mace touched on. It's that he thrives as a man guy on the outside. You can put him uh, on the outside and man and really, not worry about him now he will give up the big play occasionally but he's also uh going to not allow a lot of passes to be completed just the ones that are he gets beat deep but that happens when you're shutting down uh one side for for the most part um and because you're not paying him 20 million dollars to be a lockdown cornerback you're paying him 10 million dollars to be a very good cornerback and that's the other head scratching thing mace i hope they don't do what you said i hope they don't try to change him into a completely different player. I hope that they don't take a player and change him to fit the scheme. I hope Vic says, you know what? If I just put Ronald out there, don't have to worry about him. I can put him in man and then, you know, play some zone uh, on the other side of the field and help with that. Then I like it, but I wouldn't like to, you know, taking a square peg and put it in a round hole. And so I hope that's not what the Broncos are doing. Uh, and one thing that I really do like is he's a pure outside cornerback guys. He played, I believe 800 snaps outside last year, only like 20 inside. And that's good because we heard some names floating around of Broncos potentially bringing in another slot corner. no, you have one of the best slot corners in the game. Don't do that. So I, I, I really like that. But again, you take a step back and there's some things that you love and there's some things that you're just scratching your head. Now the question becomes here with Bryce Callahan, who is probably second to none as a slot corner. Do you want to do the old Chris Harris Jr. thing with him and say, all right, when we're in base, he's out there, he's playing outside. And then we go sub he's in slot because as long as Bryce Callahan is healthy and based on what he did last year when he played outside, I want Bryce Callahan out there every down if he's healthy. Yeah. And then, and then you're readjusting and saying, okay, uh, we're going into sub. OJ Moody is going to come in. He's going to play outside and Bryce is going to go in the slot. And that's, I, I think that's the scenario that works best for where the Broncos are going with what they have. I mean, if you could tell me that that group was going to stay healthy all season, this scheme, it can win with Darby, Callahan, OJ Mudia, Isang Bassi uh, being the fourth guy. This this defense can win with those without those guys as your cornerback complement. But the injury history of Darby and Cal and Callahan is why you and Bassi also coming off the ACL is why I think you just sit there and say, all right, let's let's let the market settle a little bit and then. If there's that uh, that guy on a prove-it deal who maybe is a good scheme fit, we can give him a little defensive football rehab for 4 or $5 million on a one-year deal. 
let's go ahead and do that. And, and that's why I, I think we may not see the next cornerback come in in the next couple of days. It might be that it's a guy that comes in next week in the second wave. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we do know, guys, that the Broncos were interested in uh, in Chargers cornerback Michael Davis, but he went back to L.A. yesterday. Yep, and then I was interested in uh, Cheetah Bay Awuzie. Yep. Um, I don't know about the Broncos interested in him, but uh, he's going to the Bengals. Um, so, um, yeah. Do we have Bengals. the terms on his deal yet? I think, yeah, I just saw them. Um, I know it's a three-year deal. Three-year right. deal. Wow. So the yeah, not a prove-it deal. That's that's really interesting because I thought he was going to uh, fall into that category of a guy who uh, signed uh, a deal to kind of prove it after he got benched by Dallas, but. <clears throat> He got benched after hurting his hamstring and the Bengals may be thinking, all right, when he's healthy, he's pretty good. Let's just get him back to health and we're not going to have reason to worry. So hey, good for Cheeto. I know how much you like him, RK. And uh, I liked him coming out as well. So good for him. Freak, freakish athlete. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Freakish athlete. Um, guys, there's one more quote unquote addition that we need to talk about with the Broncos. And it comes in the form of a tweet I saw this morning in reference to Vaughn Miller from one Juwan James. Did you guys see what he said? <laughs> yes, I <No>. did. <laughs> well, he said something along the lines. It's not, I can't find his uh, Twitter off the top uh, right now, but <clears throat> I got said, it. Oh, okay, he said, hell yeah, Vaughn. I need them reps versus the goat, the get back. Strong, strong arm. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, there you go. To me, that is confirmation that Juwan James, uh, will be back or at least in his eyes, he's going to be back on the field with the Broncos whenever they get back there. Well, that's good. The Broncos, uh, you know how they say, you know, you get a second draft class if like a draft class gets hurt or something for the most part. Well, now the Broncos get what a second free agency, but it's just from two years ago that they're getting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, you know you joke about it, but to me, not only could he have opted out again, I thought there's a chance he might retire. I thought there's all sorts of things. That to me does not sound like a guy who's going to opt out or retire. Yeah, he wasn't retiring no. anyway. Though there's too much money on the line for him to just up and retire and walk away from that. That's uh, I don't think that was ever on his radar. And then with the opting out. Can he even opt out? I mean, the way we're yeah. uh, we're we're talking about the vaccine distribution uh, continuing to ramp up here over the next couple of months, um, I don't think players are going to have the option of opting out the way that this is going. And so, but doesn't this read like he didn't? He doesn't even like. I don't know. I just like seeing some excitement from him yeah. in in regards <laughs> to playing football for the Broncos. Maybe he's finally at a point where he's heard so much. Uh, said about him uh, some direct some veiled in terms of shots at him and maybe he's finally at a point where he's just pissed off and is going to play a little bit angry that would be and great I, I would love to see that I like if there's one like one critique on uh on Juwan James that you can have in addition to the injuries is that uh, uh does he really play angry does he really play nasty well I think maybe we're going to see some of that in if this is the mentality he has a little bit of that uh, go get it that uh, hasn't always been there with, with Jawan James. There's no doubt he has the talent. And, you know, when he's healthy, 
over the course of his of the year of the years he's played when he's been healthy he's been a top 10 right tackle so if he's got a little bit of a nasty streak a little bit of a chip on the shoulder developing because of all this you've got a chance to actually get what you paid for because you paid for him to be a top 10 right tackle yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that would be absolutely huge for the Broncos. So guys, uh, Broncos haven't even been wheeling, dealing for 24 hours. What's the best move they made in your opinion? Because to me, guys, I'll answer this first. It's one we haven't talked about. It's re-signing, re-signing Shelby Harris, three years, 27 million. And here's the kicker, guys. 15 million guaranteed. So this isn't even two full years of guaranteed. Now he's going to be on the team for two years because you're not going to cut him with uh, you know, 6 million or $10 million outstanding, but this is really a two year deal. $9 million guys. Shelby Shelby was probably looking for what 14, 15 when he hit the open market last year, he comes back and has a very good year last year when he plays, of course he, he dealt with COVID, but I'm not going to hold that against him at all. And you get him for $9 million guys. Uh, a, a lot of people, including, PFF believe he's a top 10 interior defensive lineman in the NFL at $9 million Broncos are paying him as the 38th highest paid defensive lineman. I think the value here, everything, the $9 million, the contract getting Shelby back. I think it's incredible because also if they would have lost him, Holy cow. We're talking about the Broncos spending the rest of their salary cap, just trying to find an interior defensive lineman, because that would be just a massive hole on the line. So I I just like everything about this signing. Yeah. um, You know, we saved the best for last. Um, This is absolutely (laughs) the the best move the Broncos made. In fact, I don't even think you can make an argument to anything else. Um, You, this was to me, the should have been the Broncos, top priority especially after you had justin simmons on the tag so you weren't necessarily in a rush to get that done you kept shelby around uh and i've been saying it what you know weekly on the podcast referencing that game against the chiefs in which he was the best bronco on the field in that game and very clearly your best weapon uh, on defense against the chiefs to me, at that point, this was no longer an optional thing. This was a, if you want to compete in this division, it starts with re-signing Shelby Harris. Uh, so, love that they got him back. Another very team-friendly deal, in my opinion. Uh, and, uh, you know, just excited to have him. He's on top of all of it. He's a really great guy to have in your locker room and beloved by everyone from, you know, the trainers to the kickers. <laughs> And it's important to make sure those kickers are happy. And the Broncos made uh, Brandon McManus happy by bringing back Vaughn. That's for sure. Mace, what do you think the best move was in the past 24 hours? I think it was Shelby Harris bringing mm-hmm. him back. I think that's a real good deal for him. $9 million a year for somebody who, if you count sacks and batted passes equally as Bill Kolar does in his calculus, somebody who is, in terms of the rate relative to pass rush snaps, the last two years, he's been the best in the league at that. And so in terms of what you want to do, he's exceptional. I know you mentioned on Twitter yesterday, RK, uh, the Chiefs game. I mean, the frozen moment for him in my mind is chasing down Tyreek Hill and doing so when he was not himself when his stamina was down coming off of COVID. I mean, that that, that just kind of adds to the legend. It, even if he was at full strength, it would be great that he chased down Tyreek Hill. Doing so in the state that he was in at that moment really just 
takes him to another level, takes him to an urban, urban legend level. So I think it's a great deal for the Broncos. I think it's great for him. It's good to see Shelby get rewarded for what he's done. Uh, this is because as he's heading into his 30s, this was his last chance for a big score, for that life-changing money. And now he has that. Now uh, he can basically do whatever he wants. His kids are going to be taken care of for life. So that's it's pretty awesome to see that. Yep, he'll be able to go to as many Milwaukee Bucks games courtside as he wants. Yeah, I think that that's his retirement, right? He's his courtyard is courtside seats at Pfizer Forum to watch the Bucks. I mean, it's very possible. It's very possible. Uh, although there like, are worse ways to spend your retired life. Who wants to retire to Milwaukee? <laughs> I guess someone probably who's from he there. does. Hey, it's it's yeah, hey, for some people, I mean, it's it's home, man. I mean, in Milwaukee, hey. And don't knock Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a really cool <laughs> I just town. Did. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee's a cool town. Good, you know, good restaurants. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of a laid back vibe. You know, it's it's got it's got character to it. I mean, it may not uh, it may not kind of pop out on the great American cities, but it's a place that's uh, got some character, some good food, some good people. Uh, in the summer, it's 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 lovely. I mean, you're a concert guy, Ryan. Do love a good concert. I'm, I'm, you know, Summerfest is one of the biggest, you know, collections of concerts every year. I mean, that, that that's your sort of event. I think if you went there for seems Summerfest, like you'd you love Milwaukee. Just, think, it seems like something you could just visit for that one week. I, uh, I, I'm not saying this is the case with Milwaukee, but, uh, you know, it sounds like when you walk into someone's trying to sell you a house that is falling apart and they're like, the character in it is just great. <laughs> There's a concert down the street every, every summer. Uh, it's actually uh, the mice in the basement that sing. I honestly just don't know how anyone lives anywhere north of Colorado. It's already way too damn cold here half the time. I, I just like... You go up to like Chicago, Milwaukee. The, the winters there are just unbearable. In some Milwaukee, like just it. like Chicago, yeah. on water. Yeah, yep. some people. Some people like it though. I, I I agree. Actually, I think Colorado's too cold. I mean, yeah, it is. I am. If I if I had you know if, if I had my druthers, I'd be uh, I'd be down south somewhere. I'd be down. I'd be on the beach in the Carolinas or something like that. So you get a so you get a little bit of cool weather, but uh, nothing too extreme. I, you know, I love Colorado as much as anyone possibly can, but I'm, I've already come to terms that I will one day become a snowbird. And, uh, <laughs> but you'll be in Arizona, right? That's kind of your, that's your place. I do love, yeah, I love Arizona. Um, that's yeah, you'll have golf. certainly on the mind. Yeah, exactly. A place where you can golf 365 days a year. That's, that's my kind of place. <laughs> you can't golf 365 in Arizona though. It's too hot in the summer. Yeah. I just, heat doesn't bother me in the same way that cold does. Like I can, just, I, I can hang out in like 110 and just be fine. Then Arizona is the place for you. <laughs> but I, but I could never leave Colorado. Like, I don't even think I could leave Colorado for more than like a month at a time. Like, I don't think I could do the whole winter. I'd have to come back, go to some nuggets and abs games, hang out, you know, do all that stuff. Um, but it's so cold. We can uh, we can open up the DNVR in Arizona. It can be uh, RZN, which is of course Arizona. If you take out uh, the A, yeah, you take out uh, what? What are you taking out there? A I R Z. Why wouldn't you keep the A? Um, because you gotta you gotta take them out. 
You just got to leave the, uh, you got to take out the vowels. I think you could do like A-R-Z-A. Mm, see, mm. now we're talking. <laughs> Arza, I like it. Sounds like yeah. a band. It sounds like a band that would be playing in Milwaukee to bring it full circle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, quickly, we want to take a second here to talk about the benefits of becoming a DNVR member. There's so <laughs> many different ways uh, to benefit from your membership. One of the ways that people really have loved recently, uh, something that we started during the pandemic, is the DNVR Members Lounge, which is a Discord server, a, basically just a chat room that you can only join if you're a DNVR member. Uh, you can get in there and talk Broncos. I mean, it's buzzing this morning with everyone talking about all the moves. It's a fun way to interact with your fellow Broncos fans all the time. That's something great. Of course, when you come down to the DNVR bar with your membership, you're going to get a 22-ounce beer for the price of a 16-ounce beer. And once you've held a 22-ounce beer, when you hold a 16-ounce beer, it just feels so small and inadequate. Uh, so you, you got to come down uh, to the DNVR bar when you're a member, get in on that. Of course, you get in on all of our written content. Uh, there's so, so, so many benefits to being a member a free shirt with your membership, uh, a free mask with your membership. The list goes on and on. So if you haven't yet become a member of DNVR, we would really appreciate it if you joined us and, uh, and showed your support. Um, so yeah, there you go. Become a DNVR member today. And also make sure to check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook because, because guys, March's biggest tournament is finally here starting on Friday. I absolutely can't wait. And boy, a great place to watch the tournament is, of course, at the DNVR Barber. We'll have coverage all weekend long. And a DraftKings Sportsbook is the best place to get in on the action because they're giving you a chance to win $256 while just betting $4 to do it. So here's what you do. Bet $4 on any team to, to win, any underdog to win, and they will give you $256. That's 64 to 1 odds if that select underdog wins. So pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot to win $256, and all it takes is a $4 bet. There's no better way to get in on the college basketball action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you want to check out golf, hockey, uh, the NBA, well, you can do that over at DraftKings Sportsbook every single night for all the great odds promotions that they have. So make sure to check them out. Head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code DNVR to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Muted. Hello, Ryan. I'm I'm back. I'm back. Uh, I just lost my spot here, and I was muted. I'm I'm truly a mess this morning. <laughs> um, where is it? Gabby Insurance. <laughs> hey. Oh, uh, we're all into looking ways to save money. So let me ask you this: What about an extra nine hundred and sixty-one dollars a year in your pocket? Hey, you know you could take that nine sixty-one. It, put some of it in DraftKings, make some good bets. Now you're up to, you know, uh, over a thousand, um, $961 a year. That is how much Gabby customers save per year on average. 
and car and home insurance. And Zach, you actually used the Gabby tool recently, right? I did. I used it. And guys, it was incredible. It took me five minutes. All I had to do was enter information off the top of my head that I knew you didn't have to go to your car and get insurance information. And the rates were just incredible how competitive they were for spending five minutes. It's, that's awesome. So you're probably overpaying on car and, uh, car and home insurance. So why don't you go see how much Gabby can save you? That's gabi.com slash DNVR. Scope out everything they have to say, and they will not sell your info. You're not going to get blown up with insurance calls, With which, by the way, guys, I get blown up with insurance calls, and I didn't even sign up for anything. Uh, <laughs> so it's not something you have to worry about uh, with Gabby. They're not going to sell your info, and they're going to save you a bunch of money. Check them out, gabi.com slash dnvr. All right, guys, let's hop into the comment section. And Ryan, I understand you have to run. So thank you for giving us all your insight. I've got five more minutes, so let's get to a good there one There we here. go. Love it. First one coming in from some people call me the Space Cowboy. Since you guys said you enjoy playing a game of what's more likely, here's another one for you. Okay, two options. One, the Broncos move on from old defensive head coach and bring in a young offensive mind like Brian Dable or Greg Roman to try and ignite a young, exciting offense. Or two, the Broncos ride with Vic and Shermer and remain an old man staff for a young team to keep consistency. He says, I personally like the idea of bringing in Brian to work with Josh Allen or Greg Roman for his ability uh, to play to player strengths like Lamar Jackson. So this can be a would you rather game too. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope Vic succeeds this year. It's the best thing for the Broncos. Um, but if not, I absolutely want to go the young uh, offensive, malleable coach that wants to get the best out of his player's strengths. Um, I personally think there's a connection between older coaching staffs and trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Now, that doesn't have to mean all older coaches want to do it that way, but it just feels like <clears throat> in most things, um, sometimes the older you get, the more stubborn you get about this is the way it should be. This is the way I've been doing it for this many years. And I think there is some of that with the Broncos. So I'd like to see if they, if it doesn't work out with Vic Fangio, I'd like to see them go down the young head coach route. Well, one staff that's an exception to that is Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians is not the yep. square peg into a round hole guy. And uh, I don't think the Broncos should lock themselves into specifically offense or defense. Just try to get the best coaching. Uh, there's a lot to like about Brian Dayball, but um, if if the Broncos moved on from Vic Fangio and you told me they could get Todd Bowles, even though he's a defensive guy, I would absolutely take that in a heartbeat. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting, man. I just, the way the game's going, some excitement, at least it would be fun to see uh, a young offensive minded coach in here. Well, then you could go to Tampa Bay and say, what about Byron Leftwich, their offensive sure. coordinator? Uh, it, yeah. it wouldn't at all shock me if both those guys are moving on to head coaching jobs before this point next year. That would be uh, an exciting one for sure. In Byron yeah. left, which he's, um, a real, he's a smart dude. And uh, he's, you know, he's been under Arians the last few years. And uh, that, that's about as, that's about as good a mentor and coaching as you could possibly have. Um, when it comes to Dable, about him. when it comes to Dable, I think the Broncos either have to have a serious resurgence from Drew Locke or a very high draft pick next year. And one of those things, the serious resurgence from Drew Lockwood, in which maybe resurgence isn't the word, I don't know, 
a a uh, coming of age for Drew Locke where he all of a sudden becomes a great quarterback. Well, in that case, I don't think Vic Fangio's getting fired because I think the Broncos are going to be really damn good next year if Drew Locke's really damn good next year. So that one, I think Vic Fangio stays around. The other one uh, would be a tough pill to swallow. I really don't want to see the Broncos go, you know, 2-14 and 14 next year, even if it means they're – well, I mean, it would be a nice trade-off to then be in line to get maybe potentially the number one overall pick in Sam Howell. Um, but I've really, I really, I don't want to go through another season like that. If they were going to go two and 14, they wouldn't have brought back Vaughn Miller. And I would say having, having Vaughn, having Bradley Chubb, if there's, if they're both healthier, let's say one misses say four to eight games and the other one plays the entire year. With those two guys alone, I think the even if everything else collapses, I think the floor for this team is five and eleven. They're not going two and fourteen. I I, I guess kind of like I I would have I would have wagered every dollar I had that Nick Wright was going to be wrong last year, saying the Broncos go three and thirteen. I would do the same thing, saying that they wouldn't be worse than five and eleven this year. Yeah, did we ever get on him properly for the Broncos? Um, what was it more than doubling up his prediction? Mm-hmm. Oh, they, yeah. I, I tweeted at him. I didn't, didn't get a response or maybe I did, but I, I, I muted that guy on Twitter a long time ago. I've, I use, I use mute an awful lot now. And sometimes I'll go on my burner account and I'll see all, a lot of response. I'm like, Oh, why didn't I see that? Oh yeah. I muted that person. <laughs> <laughs> Wise. It takes the headache off Twitter. Oh yeah. man. I, the, my mute list is in the is in the hundreds right now. Oh, I wow. have to say. Yeah, wow. I feel really bad meeting people. So mine's probably single oh. digits. I don't. Oh. This is this is about my sanity. Yeah, yeah. it's fair. It's fair. I, I mute anyone who just constantly brings bad vibes. Like I don't care if you disagree with me, we can have a conversation. But if like all you ever do is say negative things, I, I just can't have that energy in my life. Oh <laughs> there, there yeah there that's I actually what I would do there was one person and literally, they never had anything nice to say about anything I wrote. And I actually just went in and I, I did what I called kind of the soft block where I blocked them and then I unblocked them. So they weren't following me anymore. I took care of it for them. I'll be I'm like, obviously, you had nothing good to say here. So why don't I, I'm just going to do the favor for both of us and I'm going to take you off my follower list. Um, one thing before I leave guys that I wanted to mention that Nikki said, because I I forgot one thing that she did said that I think that she did say that I think is notable to the Ronald Darby signing. One of the things she said is I think Washington really wants him back. Um, so that's another reason why she wasn't big on him being a Bronco. And I think that is uh, interesting here. Now, maybe it's uh, more of an indictment on the red, uh, on the Washington football team. Almost uh-huh. did it, you saved th- it. Then it is on the Broncos. But I also think it could have to do with a little bit of the Vic Fangio effect um, of defensive players wanting to play here, wanting to play for him. Um, so th- I just thought that was interesting because we did mention she kind of dismissed it. She met, one of the things she said is I think Washington wants him back. I think he's going to be a, you know be a member of the football team. What do you call like you call someone who's with the Broncos a Bronco? What do you call someone who's with the football team? A football, football teamer. teamer? <laughs> yeah. A team. A, t- a football teammate. I. What if he just a teamer? A teamer. <laughs> it sounds like a special teamer. 
<laughs> for real. All right, guys, I got to run. All, All right, see you, okay. You know, the thing with the, the football team name is it's the first you think about it. All NFL nicknames are plural, right? Broncos, yep. Cardinals, right. Panthers. The football team brings a singular in, mm-hmm. and that's something that the NFL had been missing. I mean, you see it in a, you see it in the NBA. You know, you've got the the Miami Heat, the Orlando Magic. Right. Um, you've got the Oklahoma State Thunder in the NHL. You've got you know like the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example. And um, yeah, you didn't have the you didn't have the singular in the NFL. And now you do. That's one reason for the football team to stay with the way it is. Yeah. Be the only singular nickname in the league. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, man. Your gra- that's your grammar nerd moment for the day. <laughs> I love it. Next one coming in from Mike 1809 says, man, I was so pumped to see Shelby resign. That was one of my biggest hopes for the off season. Seeing that behemoth of a man get after backfields and Tyreek Hill has been one of the few highlights for me over the past few years. Great signing. Then on the heels of that was also excited to see Denver showing up our cornerback room with the Darby signing. I like how Mace talks about about giving ourselves op or, or uh, opt options during the draft and was hoping that we would make a move at cornerback early. That said, did we overpay? What implications does this have for the rest of our roster? I'm hoping we can still find a way to re-sign K-Jack. Well, not the case. Finally, yeah. it was awesome to see a solid draft by Zach, the clear winner on the three-ring circus, especially after a rough start with some questionable Pop-Tart choices a few weeks ago. Speaking of which, how much future draft capital did RK expand trading up to sneak into number two spot in front of Mace? It was a savage move, but pepperoni pizza was on the line. Line, and I guess some sometimes a shooter's got to shoot. <laughs> Love it, Mike. I I think there should be a, a penalty for jumping the line there for RK. I think he should pick at the bottom of the rounds for the next three. Let's the do next, it for the next three drafts. Uh, so it's two out of three, right? Yeah. You agree with me on this? Yes. Let's All do right. it. <laughs> okay. There we go. He's Sorry. not here to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um. The th- and the thing that Mike eighteen oh nine mentions about uh, you know giving options during the draft and uh, that I think is going to be a theme of what the Broncos do going forward. Uh, it's just making sure that you've got a lineup that you feel like if you that if you go into week one with that lineup, you feel like you can do something with. Okay, that you have a viable starter at every spot, and that's why I think the moves that we see going forward are going to be safety and and then a, a depth cornerback just to kind of cover you in case uh in case you have further further injuries to Ronald Darby and Bryce Callahan and then of course the backup QB and then you do that the the, the draft is your oyster you you're going to be it's going to be impossible to get to guess what the Broncos are going to do although even though you can question the value of it I think if they do trade down running back and Najee Harris is very very much in play. Ooh, talk about some excitement, Mays. I love it. Yeah. Next one from the great Broncholic. Well, after well, no, 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 it's Broncholio because oh, Broncholio. We are we have a Broncholic. Yeah, you're you're not. Are you a Beavis and Butthead? No, watcher? definitely okay. not. Okay, <laughs> all right. So yeah, there was a character on the show when Beavis would Beavis when he would have too much caffeine, he would transform into. The great Cornholio. He'd pull his shirt. Oh, of course. Over this is an honor. I am Cornholio. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, give me for my bunghole. My bunghole, it goes. Wah! 
<laughs> well, Mace, I think this one's yeah. for you. Yes. The great Broncolio says, well, oh, you're not going to read it like that. <laughs> no, you don't have to. It sounds uh, like I, it's your really, throat. it's really hard on the voice I bet. To, to do that. Like it, if I do the whole comment like Cornholio, <laughs> I will have a sore throat all day. Let's and not I've, do that then. And, I, and I've got this podcast and another radio show to do, so I got to save myself. <laughs> well, after lurking for a year and a half, you guys finally got me. Got him. Got him. So pumped to be a part of this community, even though I'm almost a thousand miles away. You guys make it feel like I'm still living in Denver. Keep up the amazing work you guys do. Go Broncos and long live DNVR. And long Welcome. live you, the great Broncolio. There we go. Welcome aboard. So happy to have you. Next yes. one coming in from Orange and Blue all over. Bigger first day of free agency for Broncos than expected. Know you guys will hit all the big stuff, but just a few safety questions. Would Will Parks be a short-term option, or do you think a long-term deal and gamble on him becoming a legit starter would be worth it? How much leverage did Broncos lose in Justin Simmons' negotiations today? Well, I... I I think that the Broncos are, are very, from what I've heard, the Broncos are very close with Justin Simmons on a deal. So they weren't concerned about that and their leverage when making the decision on Kareem. So that's kind of a non-factor here. But Mace, should the Broncos go after Will Parks for a short-term deal or should they gamble on him being a long-term starter? I think if you get him on a short-term deal, you do it. And uh, you see if there's uh, this kind of a prove-it element to the contract. I, I don't think you're ready to give him a long-term deal uh, he hasn't been a full-time starter yet, so there is some element of, of risk involved with it. But I think the other thing with Will Parks is that, as we saw last year and late in 2019, he can provide depth on the slot as well. And so in terms of making sure you're shored up at cornerback and also having a safety you can start for you, I think Will Parks allows you to check multiple boxes at what I think would be a very affordable price of $3 million. That that's, I think what I would pay Will Parks one year, three, one year, $3 million. And maybe if you want to feel frisky, you give him, you, you have a team option for that second year. Maybe, maybe it's a two year, $6 million deal with a team option on that second year. I don't think you go any longer than that, no. but I, I think if you want to have the option of having a multi-year deal, that's something that would be fair. Now, that being said, in terms of their planning, they may look at safety and say, we are searching for a one-year solution here. And then something we talked about earlier in the show, Justin Simmons signs a long-term deal. And then in 2022, he's playing on that big contract. And then you've got a young safety next to him. So you're not sitting there and saying, we've got the highest paid safety combo in the league. You have somebody that you drafted this year. And I keep coming back to Richie Grant out of Central Florida, making a lot of sense. Another ball hawk. You'd like him to improve a little bit as a tackler, but he's all over the place. He'll knock, he'll get the ball out. He, re he reads quarterback intent well. And Grant, alongside Justin Simmons, could really do some special things, I think, on the back end if that's your tandem in 2022. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree with you. Mason. The thing is you don't have to give a long-term deal to will. He was a guy that was cut in the middle of the year last year mm -hmm. by a team and the Broncos picked him up on waivers. So this is something that you don't have to go crazy for. And I think, yeah, 1 million, one year, $3 million Mace, that'll be bigger than the deal he got last year from Philadelphia. Uh, that is something you could absolutely do. And that's something I would absolutely do. He's your starter next to Justin Simmons entering the year. And then you see what the draft has to offer.
Yep. Orange Crushing, it says, I want to address, address Mace's comments lately about getting 75% of player X for 30% of the price. I understand the idea of maximizing your dollars and cents, but at the end of the day, the players are playing the game, not the dollars and cents. I could probably pay 30% of the price for 75% of the car, but without that last 30%, it's going to be hard to get it to work. Is Reed a better option than Vaughn because he's 10% of the cost? Or 10 if he only gets seven sacks and Vaughn goes somewhere else and gets 17, it's going to look like a pretty bad move to let him walk regardless of the price. Can we get 75% of Kareem Jackson for less? Sure, but if the defense starts allowing more points and yards when we all know the Broncos can't score points, it's going to be hard to justify moving on from a player like Kareem to save a few bucks, especially knowing the Broncos are probably carrying cap over and don't need to let guys like that go. And letting Phil go is a bad move for football and for the cap, but that was a move choosing Pat Sherm over Philip Lindsay. I hope Lindsay is an all-pro next year. The guy does Deserves and will no doubt earn it with a staff that uses him right. I mean, I don't know if Phil's going to be an all pro when he goes <laughs> somewhere else. I think that's a little lofty in terms of the expectations for Philip Lindsay. I think what will happen is that he'll have a very efficient season. He may not play as many snaps as he was in Denver, but he's going to be used to his strengths. And so you're not going to hear muttering about, oh, he can't handle pass protection because if they use him wisely, they're not asking him to protect the, the passer. They're saying, okay, the best way that we can use Phil to help provide relief for the quarterback is to get out in space and get and get him the ball and let him do and, and let him get the screen game going and let him do some good things there. Something that I, I think the Broncos should have pushed for more to kind of get him up to speed in that area. Yeah, and uh, Orange crushing it. What I do agree with you on is everyone in Broncos country is going to be cheering for Philip Lindsay. That's for sure. Uh, and in terms of Kareem Jackson, man, you must have not liked that move last night with the Broncos saving some money. What won't make sense, Mace, is if they go out and pay another safety $10 million, right. which which I don't expect them to do. I do expect it to be the, uh, the more inexpensive route. Uh, and then let's say it is Will Parks for $3 million. Well, you save $7 million by doing that. Uh, and that's when, you know, positional value comes into effect and that this move could make sense in the long haul and maybe what you're also talking about is by saving 10 million dollars it's your safety plus another corner right and then there's room then when you're taking care of your accounting under the cap there's room for that there's room for your competition quarterback whoever if if it's a veteran now one of the reasons why i'd like to trade for gardner Minshew. first of all i think he's got upside second of all gardner Minshew doesn't even cost you seven figures on the cap you're sacrificing a mid-round draft choice but you're getting extreme value compared to uh, nick Foles would be what six million dollars i believe something like that right yeah i don't i don't have this contract expensive right and that's something that you have you have to consider i think in terms of which quarterback you bring in i know there's a little you know little bit if you go on uh, my Twitter feed you know Benjamin Albright now and I had a little back and forth on uh, on talking about quarterbacks and uh, how you know rather rather have uh, rather have Gardner Minshew but uh, uh, Nick Foles is somebody that uh, uh, I, that he's kind of implying the Broncos are looking at as well as Gardner Minshew but I would argue this Nick Foles's cap figure is literally 6.6666 million dollars if the Broncos trade for him they won't get the pro rate bonus. That's $4 million, but Gardner Minshew is not even 25% of that. And that's a situation where you say, all right, we're talking about percentage of, of the player. Gardner Minshew is better than Nick Foles. 
Just straight up, yes. Yes, let alone the fact that Gardner Minshew does not even cost 25% of what Nick Foles does. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. Give me Gardner all day in that, especially with Foles having a a scary salary cap, 6.66. That's a, that's a scary number. Stay away from that. Yeah. It's a, that, that stupid uh, prorated portion of the signing bonus, which is uh, this year's $2,666,666 under the bears cap. I, I can't believe there isn't someone in the bears organization that looked at that and said, Oh, this number is not really our thing. Can we kind of change that a, a little bit? At least make it <laughs> 2660000 seven thousand dollars something exactly (laughs) the next one coming in from hip hip you ray greetings gents i like the podcast a lot yesterday i'm excited to see this evening when i get home from the gym we re-sign shelby harris the man deserves it and we need him bad on defense the only part i'm not really in agreement with you guys on is not at least looking for the possibility of re-signing philip Lindsay. sure it makes sense to tender him completely fine with that but use him almost as trade bait count me out couldn't we use Lindsay more as a Darren Sproles type of running back? I just see Lindsay as a playmaker and should and would be ashamed to let him go. Am I wrong, gents? Well, hip hip you ray, I'm sorry for the news after you left this comment about Phil. It's not that he's absolutely gone, but he's he's likely on his way out. And, yeah. and we talked about that in the first segment, just about how yeah, to me, it it doesn't really make sense. The Broncos clearly value him way differently than, than a lot of people. Yeah, and I think uh, what we want is not what the Broncos are doing here. I, I, I agree with you, Hip Hip Ure. You could use him like Darren Sproles. You, you could use him um, like Work Done, although Work Done also uh, could go between the tackles, but Work Done couldn't handle pass pro. Uh, but he played 12 years in the league as a smaller back who uh, was fearless and uh, – in terms of in terms of in terms of the ability to to go up the middle and make plays but um yeah that's that's not the, that's not how they see him i think the bronc again it's sort of having more traditional uh, definitions of what uh, fits in the boxes for a player than uh, uh, than other than some other teams do so hopefully phil finds a better situation yeah i i hope so too count locula is philly will going to start love the count as of right now, well, the first they need to re-sign him. Yeah. <laughs> and and then my answer to that will be, yes, he's going to start as of right now. But Mace, safety really did creep up the board of uh, Broncos needs entering the draft big time last night. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing that changed because you do need to make sure you have somebody where if they start, you're saying, okay, we're, we're fine with that now. In, in all things being equal, Justin Simmons and Will Parks, I think, could be a good starting tandem. They have chemistry. They work well together. They, yeah. you know, uh, they're the kind of guys that you know finish each other's sentences. They're, you know, but maybe you do want to have uh, somebody else. Maybe you want to have somebody who's a more proven starter. Uh, a Keanu Neal could be somebody that that is on the Broncos' radar, and maybe you get him for say six and a half million dollars on a one-year uh, prove-it type of deal. And again, kind of like with the cornerback. Uh, position we talked about earlier maybe you're talking about waiting until the market settles and then seeing what you get kind of on that one year deal to fill in the gap a week from now exactly next one from tk freeze pain all i feel is pain you deserve so much better i love you phil also drew lock no matter what (laughs) okay then you want to have a bottom five quarterback last year but the only option that's great yeah, and that, I, I want to have that covered. That. Yeah, I want to have that covered with somebody else there just in case Drew doesn't blossom. 
Yeah, and they will. They they will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lou Drock. Hey guys, I'm getting worried about Vaughn now. By the time you record this potty could be gone. I really hope he stays in Denver. Well, probably pretty happy right now. Yeah, I would imagine. As for yesterday, I'm delighted with the Shelby news, sad about the Cream Jackson news, very sad about the Lindsay news, and meh about the Darby signing. Let's see what today brings in. I'm still holding out hope for a Sam Darnold Gardner Minshew trade unless we decide we're going QB in the draft. Question for you. If Vaughn does go, who do you think the Broncos go and spend their money on this week? The best edge options came off the board yesterday. Perhaps they trade back and go edge in the draft. Cheers, Charlie. You know what? Probably like our discussion earlier, you probably like the news this morning. They don't have to worry about uh, going on the market for an edge rusher, even though they were clearly interested in Leonard Floyd, uh, formerly of the Rams, and then before that of the Bears. And I think edge rusher is always a position they're looking at, but it's not necessarily one where they have to take a guy. Although, with Vaughn in the last year of his deal now, you do have Malik Reed in the wings, but I could see the Broncos getting the round three, round four, and taking in a, a high upside edge and developing him and seeing where he goes. Yeah, I could too, because remember, Vaughn is only under contract for one more year. We'll see if a deal gets done, whether it's soon, whether it's during the season or after the year, as he says he wants to be a Bronco for life. But uh, clearly the Broncos wanted that number to be lower this year. So we'll, we'll see what happens after this year. Uh, and Mace, for anyone signing here in free agency, Ronald Darby, he needs to go check out our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage because Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as your as DNVR members. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com. And it's not just people that are buying a new house if you're interested in refinancing because of the great rates check out mike in virginia because they're not just your typical mortgage company sure they have phenomenal rates but what really makes them different is that mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan also they're a small family-owned company so you'll always feel like a person and not a number so make sure to check them out at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free dnvr shirt or when you do and get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options over at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. I want to tell you also about Hassle Cattle Company, which equals that hassle-free meat life. That's right. We brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. It's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, ship all over the USA and straight to your door. And they call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because the best damn Wagyu beef that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip beef bacon, Franks with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, regional and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger one Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, their, the country loves their beef. They take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, which gives you that hairy, that very high prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So head on over to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off. And also, if you get that order to $200, you're going to get free shipping. So the things to remember dnvr 10 the code for 10 percent off and then 200 dollars of in your order and you get free shipping look 
you've got room in your freezer. Why don't you fill some of that with some of the beef from Hassel Cattle Company? You don't have to eat it right now. That's why you want to order $200 worth and get that free shipping. And of course, that 10% off as well with the code DMVR10. You know, and then you're set. Like, for example, if you had ordered $200 of beef from Hassel Cattle Company, you lived in the Denver area over the weekend and you were snowed in, then you had no problem because you could go out to your freezer. Maybe you had some hamburger patties and there you were, you were ready to go for a great meal. And that blue collar Wagyu would have been right there, you know, as a great meal, even on a snowy day when you were snowbound. So check out Hassel Cattle Company, H-A-S-S-E-L-L Cattle Company.com and get some damn good beef. Next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under, Tuesday, 16th March in, in, in Australia, about 8 a.m. Man, free agency will be quiet, won't it? Trust you, George. You do you, big fella. Play it calm and steady, about 9 a.m. Oh, beep, yeah, Shelby, baby, beep, woo! Not long after, oh, cool, I swear Mace talked about Darby. Oh, wait, Nikki J was less optimistic about that. Still, nice, hopefully. Not long after, what the actual beep? Seriously, beep me, this beeping guy. He's been here for five beeping minutes and helping the hometown kid uh, on the way out. Get the beep out of here. Three million, he's not worth three million. Devonte beep, Booker, and that running back was done exactly. Sweet beep, got all the deal more than that. Big sigh. Well, thank goodness Vaughn's still here, right? Well, and then, of course, after you left this comment, we find out that, yes, Vaughn is still here. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that Devontae Booker somehow got into your bleeping thoughts. <laughs> Booker's <laughs> in his thoughts. Of course, Devontae Booker yesterday with the New York Giants signed two years, $3 million, more than the Broncos offered Phil with that uh, original round tender. They said two years, $3 million. So or two years, million... No, no, two years, $6 million. Okay. I'm sorry, okay. $3 million yes. a year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say if well, Devontae did, Booker's good worth, against the Broncos last year. Yeah. If Devontae Booker's worth $3 million a year, then wouldn't Phil Lindsay be worth twice that? I'm just saying. <sighs> yes. You would certainly think so, Mace. You anyway. certainly would. <laughs> Dan Burke. Hey, guys. So I'm sensing a theme here with who Peyton likes and dislikes. He signed Shelby Harris to a long term deal. Shelby had a career high 3.0 sacks against the Vikings when the Broncos played them. When Ronald Darby played against the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, he was targeted 10 times, allowed a 30% completion rate, 42.1 pass rating, and broke up two passes. We've seen him breaking film down of Sutton, specifically his game against the Vikings, and all indications are that he's a fan of this. And if we're reaching, Kareem Jackson was the player who was out of position when Diggs had that 54-yard touchdown against Minnesota in 2019. It sounds obvious that he would like guys who played well against the team he had responsibility in constructing. But do y'all think we can put stock into this for future transactions? Well, Dan Burke, in the words of Cosmo, or in the words of Cosmo Kramer, this is so sane. It just blew my mind. Oh, wow. This makes sense. <laughs> so Mace, what does it mean? Look, we are, we're all products of our experiences. We all kind of lean on what we know, what, what, what our institutional knowledge is. Right. Right. And, yeah, you think you think about that. And so uh, maybe we got to take a, a deeper dive into uh, into that game in Minnesota back in uh, in 2019. Of course, uh, that was a game where Brandon Allen was the uh, Broncos quarterback. So, uh, you know, kind of forget about getting anything out of the, the signal caller position uh, at that game. But uh, it was also a game where Cortland Sutton threw a pass. 
We're going to see a a little more of that. Now, Philip Lindsay had a solid game and he averaged north of four yards of carry uh, in that contest. Nothing really, uh, really outstanding kind of if we're going to go, if we're going to go deeper into it, Von Miller had a sack. Draymond Jones had a sack. Um, Shelby Harris, of course, like you said, had the three sacks. Um, Todd Davis had 12 tackles, but he's not walking back into that back into that room right now. <laughs> no, so. although he was with Minnesota last year, could make sense why they picked him up. Oh, wouldn't that would that be hilarious to bring Todd back? I like Todd. <laughs> yes, uh, I, it I, would. Don't know if it would help the uh, solve the coverage issue at linebacker though. Mm, no, no, but he's a good dude. I do like Todd a lot. Good, good, good point there, Dan. Next one coming in. Oh, by the way, or- Tim Patrick had 77 yards on four receptions that day too. Yes, he did. So now he's got the second round tender. Yep, exactly. Orange and blue Aussie. Wow, fireworks more than expected. The roller coaster was on double speed. So happy we signed Shelby and thought the price was a great deal. Darby being 27 seems like a smart signing as it's riskier to take one of the 30-plus-year-old cornerbacks. Not sure I see the logic in letting Kareem go. He's played so well and has at least two years left. Hate to see Phil go, but he's a great running back, uh, but really weak in the passing game, especially in pass protection. Love what he has done for us, but he's better off where he was just as a running back. Initial impression, George Payton is in it for the long haul, looking for a slow build. George using the savings from Kareem Jackson to keep Vaughn and bring the stash to town and I'll be good. Fun to see the Pats overpaying for role players. What good, what goes around comes around. Yeah. I mean, something we'll talk about later in a free agency wrap up, but the Pats are spending money like crazy and did it again today, signing Hunter Henry to a big deal. Yeah. They're trying to uh, recreate the early 2010s uh, duo of Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski in terms of uh, going heavy on, on the tight ends. Of course, hopefully it works out differently in terms of uh, off the field as well, as well as on the field, but 12 personnel, um, uh, Warren Sharp, uh, Sharp football stats noted, Hey, uh, 12 personnel, it's something the Patriots should do. And then I retweeted that and saying Broncos should think about that too with Albert O and no offense. Yeah. Because we talk about how hard it is to cover good tight ends. Well, if you've got two good tight ends that, that out there running routes, what do you do? There's no team that has the personnel to figure that out. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it's, it's really tough. He adds, uh, why haven't you cut Jack, Jeff Driscoll yet two and a half million in cap savings. He adds nothing to the team and only 750,000 in dead money. It's a no brainer. I think we're both going to agree with you. Yeah. The reason why is you don't have the option looming here to where you, you have a guarantee that kicks in. So you can just hang on to him in case you don't get what you're looking for. At, uh, at the quarterback market. Um, but I think it's very likely that once things settle and the, and the Broncos do find their backup option, that they would probably just move on from Jeff Driscoll right then and there. Yep. I totally agree. There's no rush to do it now. Mm-hmm. Next one from pick tosser 66 can't say anything surprised me that the team did on Monday. I guess a Darby pick uh, would be the move. I have the most issue with. He had a really good year last year, but it was the first time in his six year career that he played in all 16 games. The, the other five seasons, he averages 11 games played kind of scary having to depend on Callahan and Darby as your two top cornerbacks with those injury histories, but we'll see. And to add to that pick tosser, 
in the three years before last year, he played in an average of nine games. So pretty much just half a season. But of course, last year was the year that he was the healthiest and played in all 16. He goes on and says, I can see the writing on the wall with the Phil tender. And it's all on Shermer, in my opinion, not Peyton. If he isn't going to use Phil properly, then it really is the right move for the team and for Phil. Disappointed for sure, because I love watching him play. We'll continue to follow his career wherever he goes. And hopefully it's outside of the AFC West, please. I trust Peyton though. He's a very qualified and experienced personnel guy. We need a fresh set of eyes with a new approach to team building. I see him as a guy who has vision and a philosophy, but more importantly has a plan that matches. Now let's see what happens with the Vonster today. And of course we know the news with the Vonster today is that he's coming back. Oh, Mace, when reading that comment, I just thought, what if Phil goes to the Chiefs? Oh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh I'd be like, I think we'd all be rooting for him to some degree. Yeah, um, that would be tough. Oh, man. Look, uh, the, the, these things are both true. Is Phil Lindsay a scheme fit for what Pat Shermer wants to do? Not really. But do I think that the best coaches in the league historically are the ones that uh, look at the pieces they have and find a way to make them fit and adapt to the talent of the players on hand? Yes, I, I do as well. I mean, there's a reason why Don Shula has more wins than anybody else in the history of the game as a coach. And that's because he was a master at adapting to what he had on the roster at a given time. I mean, he won two Super Bowls with a ground-based defensive-oriented team. He went to another Super Bowl with David Woodley at quarterback and a, a, a very good defense, but a completely different style than the one of a decade earlier because it was pressure-based, what they call the old killer bees. And then three years later, turns around and goes to the Super Bowl with Dan Marino throwing the ball around the yard. I mean, I, I think the best coaches are the ones that they're not so married to scheme and they're more married to, to maximizing what they have on hand. Right. And so th that's kind of my concern. If Philip Lindsay is one of the most productive running backs in his first three years of the, of this century, he's one of 21 backs in the 21st century to in the first three years have four and a half yards of carry 2,500 rushing yards, 3000 yards from scrimmage. I think you find a way to make that work, even though it may not fit exactly what you want to do. You, instead of saying square peg into a round hole, you say, how do you make that whole square to where it fits that guy? Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. And it wouldn't be a surprise if Phil goes somewhere and balls out next year. Next, next one coming in from Jason 17. So far, so good. Losing Kareem hurts, but if it allows us to bring back Vaughn Shelby and strengthen our cornerback room, I like the move. And who knows, maybe we signed Kareem here in day two. They tried to restructure, but ran out of time. Other than that, I love the moves. We brought Vaughn back and bringing Shelby back too. Can't wait to see our defensive front go against the Chiefs without tackles. Also a huge fan of the Darby signing. I was pounding the table for the Broncos to sign Darby a few years ago before he went to Philly. And I can't wait to see what he does in Denver. Here's to a great day, too. As a side note, Zach and Mace, I live in central Wyoming. My town got hit with about 32 inches of snow. Wow. Yikes. However, me and my girlfriend bounced and got out of there before the snow hit. Now I'm up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and drinking with some Breck and day drinking some Breck brews. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your snow. Holy cow. That sounds like a, a smart move to avoid the winter. Yeah. Although it's funny to say you're avoiding the winter by going to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. <laughs> well, that's true. I wonder what, what the weather's like there. 
yeah although um looks like we have a little snow coming in uh later on today oh time another, to bounce somewhere else Jason. another uh it's uh not to court lane but here in denver but um, oh yes we do we do yeah looking like we'll have uh, about another inch or two uh today around here and then and then hopefully getting free of that for a while and letting these piles melt by the way i'm i'm actually playing hurt today because um when i was taking out the trash last night i uh slipped on some ice that had refrozen over and uh man my my hip is just oh no gosh it was a bad bad tumble and i am feeling it today oh no well yeah you are i appreciate your uh playing through pain mace well i can sit down and do this but you know when i have to walk anywhere it's a little bit of a problem so oh man right now i'm i'm moving like a geriatric here so (laughs) well i'm glad you're sitting down for this (laughs) antonio acosta Let's pick Mace's brain. You are the GM working on a long-term deal with Justin Simmons. Justin has a cap number of $13.7 million. How would you structure a deal to give Simmons honest money while lowering his cap number, giving us more 2021 room cap room to play with? Let's do a five-year deal. The goal is to save $5 million this season. Is it possible we need a space to sign Lindsay? Well, <laughs> you know, uh, Lindsay's already accounted for. And, you know, the Broncos, even if you account for um, – the, the RFA tenders to Alexander Johnson and Tim Patrick at a second round level. Uh, they're, they're sitting there because it's top 51. So you put their contracts in, you take it, you take a couple of lower contracts out. Uh, you're looking at the Broncos basically uh, being at about 29, uh, 29, 28, $29 million of uh, cap space right now. So uh, you, I don't think you need to create a deal for Justin Simmons that lowers his cap figure and kicks the can down the road. I think you can structure a deal with Simmons where he still costs you $13.729 million under the cap for this year. And you're going to be fine because you've already accounted for that. That's, that's already accounted for in terms of where you are at this year's cap, because when you give that franchise tender immediately, that goes on to your cap. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Mason. I wouldn't keep kicking the can down the road with all of these signings. So I would keep Justin, you know, 13, 14, 15 million, whatever he gets this year. I would have that hit the cap this year uh, because, Mason, you need to save about $9, $10 million for your rookie class, but the Broncos still have money to wheel and deal. But Antonio Acosta, my bet is if they do get Justin Simmons a new deal, it will, uh, the cap hit will be lower this year and they can absolutely save $5 million by doing that. It's very possible. Yep. LDJ Vaughn's back, but I'm pissed. Can't believe neither him nor Kareem willing to do an extension. Someone had to be a casualty, but it's whatever. I hope we get Minshew. I don't feel great about Darby. We need an additional corner. Now we have to fill Kareem's spot immediately because neither he nor Vaughn was willing to take a pay cut when the market clearly shows they aren't going to get what they think they will. Why, why would Vaughn take a pay cut? Vaughn, Vaughn had hand here. Yeah, well, Vaughn, Vaughn's, Vaughn's uh, getting his cake and eating it too, Mace, mm-hmm. because he said he wants to be a Denver Bronco for life. Well, he got that, and he said he didn't want to take a pay cut, and he didn't have to take a pay cut. Uh, so I think it was clear Macy was willing to go somewhere else because if he wanted to be a Bronco more than anything, I think there probably would have been a restructure of pay cut last year. He gambled, but you know what? He won the gamble in the end by being, being able to stay in Denver and also by not taking a pay cut. Yeah, I, I think so. And, um, you know, the, the Broncos were clearly looking in other directions, but ultimately 
uh, you know, Vaughn, uh, Vaughn played the game of poker very well. And guess what? If he has a bounce back season, if he gets back to 12, 13 sacks, you know what? He's going to get a big contract next year. The question is whether it's going to be in Denver or somewhere else. He's get, he's, he's retained the hand here. He had hand. He played it. He played it well. And now he still has hand because he has a great season. He, he can put himself in a position where he either forces the Broncos to sign to a, to a multi-year extension or he goes and cashes in somewhere else. It's a great day for Von Miller. It's a, it's a good day for the Broncos keeping him around. And I know for Broncos fans out there, they're generally very excited about this, but it's a great day for Von Miller. Exactly. It's a great day for Von Miller. Next one from maybe the dingo HL baby. Nicely says, done. <laughs> oh, thank you. Says Von's option has exercised the demons. Did I get, I, I don't know what that's you got to do it. Like uh, it's, um, it's from uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh. I have exercised the demons. You got to do it with a little bit of Southern televangelist inflection. So you got to exercise. You got to do it like that. <laughs> I love it. He like says, you're, you ever see, you've seen Ace Ventura, right? A long time ago, but yes, uh, of course. It, you know, you the football movie category is, kind of weak you could argue that ace ventura pet detective is actually the most watchable football movie ever made you could you could yes. I, I, man it's very entertaining i'll tell you yes that. <laughs> can you feel that buddy <laughs> <laughs> there we go he says but anywho you guys are missing the boat on toaster pastries don't bring the weak sauce pop tart trash in here toaster pastries are the cadillac of quick processed radiated breakfast streets p.s i'm not aussie but my name identifies as such isn't that like the generic name for, for the, like pop tarts is the brand but they're just toaster pastries so I mean, I don't see, I'm looking, I looked up toaster pastries on Amazon and all I see are pop tarts. Yeah. Maybe and he's talking like down, toaster strudels. I don't and know. Then, and then you get down to like nature's path, organic toaster pastry. There um, we go. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Frosted acai toasty toaster pastry. Oh, sounds healthy. Interesting. All right. <laughs> all right. Good question there. And interesting that you're not Aussie. Your name just identifies as such. Well, we like it. Next one coming in from the other ride. My boys, you want news? We got lots of news. The greatest pass rusher in Broncos history will be back in 2021, along with the master batter uh, and Ronald Darby. I will continue, or I will certainly miss the tone that Kareem Jackson sets on defense. Aside from his DUI, he turned out to be a great signing. If the Broncos do in fact move on from Philip Lindsay, which is looking more likely, and they truly want a running back who is adept as Pat's catching. I wonder what James White would cost on a one- or two-year deal. It'll be a Badger Broncos backfield. I would also strongly consider drafting a running back as well. Speaking of Badgers, Mace, the sports gods keep giving you matchups in opposition to your in-laws. First, the Buccaneers and Packers in the NFC Championship game, and now North Carolina and Wisconsin in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Vaughn and Shelby will be back. So this is now a terrific Tuesday, DNV Army salute. Yeah, I'm not going to be talking to anybody about 5 o'clock on Mountain Time on Friday when uh, the Tar Heels and the Badgers are playing. Um, 
I'm a little nervous about that matchup because Wisconsin's a more experienced team and Carolina's a fair, has a fairly young uh, squad that is prone to mistakes and, uh, and getting stymied by a, you know, a, 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 a school that plays a very strict uh, system like Wisconsin does playing the swing offense. So yeah, it's, it's not a good matchup, but we'll see. Carolina's got more talent, but that, you know, Carolina had more talent than Wisconsin or than, than Marquette a few weeks ago and got absolutely blown out of the building. So, I mean, who knows? (laughs) Well, we'll be pulling for you, Mace. That's for sure. Uh, And this morning I heard James White is talking to the place that just has been taking every good running back. Uh, He's talking to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to join Tom Brady. Hey, that's, that's Tom Brady's influence right there. Yes, it certainly is. Yes, <laughs> it certainly it, is. Indeed, I have to say it's Tampa Bay. <laughs> LDJ says also Shaq's deal. He deserves so much better than what he get, he got. Wish he could have come here for twenty million dollars. Yeah, Shaq uh, said this morning, uh, meeting with media down in Tampa, that uh, the Bucks' offer was the best one that he had. Eighteen million dollars a year, seventy-two million over four. First couple of years guaranteed. Good for him, though. That's oh. a significant contract, and uh, he's got a chance to put another ring on his hand. Oh, absolutely. Very good, great for him. And, Mace, I would have done that deal in a heartbeat if I was uh, Tampa Bay. I think that's fantastic. They hooked him up mm-hmm. with that. Next absolutely. one coming in from Sebastian Airbay. My boys! Wow, just so much to talk about today. But I guess we'll talk about Phil, currently my favorite player. Can't believe how, how or can't believe we only signed him to an original round tender. Do you guys know how long it'll be before we know officially that he declines it? And after he declines it, is there any way that we can negotiate to sign him to a second round tender? Well, that'll be all for today. So much to talk about in the coming weeks. This will be an exciting offseason. Thanks for everything you do. Much love, Sebastian. Well, th- this is how the tender works, and I'll speak to, to Phil specifically. So the Broncos gave him an original round tender, meaning he has a one-year, $2.1 million contract sitting there that he can sign. If he signs that, he's locked into the Broncos. But since it's just a tender, until he signs it, Mace, he can go out and negotiate over the next month and a half with other teams uh, in, in free agency and get a deal from them, just like a normal free agent would negotiate with other teams. However, If he gets a deal from someone else and accepts it, then the Broncos will have a couple of days to match that offer. And if the Broncos match that offer, then they have to give him the exact same contract that that other team gave him. Uh, And if the Broncos decline that, then Phil's gone. He signs with that other team. If the Broncos match it, then there's nothing Phil can do. He's coming back to the Broncos on whatever deal that is. Yeah. And of course uh, the Broncos will have a a week to match the offer. If, Phil does get an offer now, um, you know, the, 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 if they had put a second round tender on him, it would have been interesting to see what the Broncos could have done. Like for example, in 07, the Miami dolphins tendered Wes Welker at a second round level, new England made it, put in an offer in that seven days. Instead, the teams worked out a trade mm-hmm. in which New England sent second and seventh round picks to the Dolphins for Welker. Wow. So to me, I mean, I would have liked to have seen Philip Lindsay come back, but in terms of maximizing the value on what the Broncos would get, I just thought it made sense to bring him back effectively. And look, if he comes back and then he leaves a year later, you get a compensatory pick and you, you move on. I feel like the Broncos kind of closed 
the door to those options. And, it, you know, they can spin it as uh, saying we're doing right by Philip Lindsay, but I'm not sure it was the, the, the right move on a lot of levels. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, Mace. I'm right there with you. And final one, I believe, coming in from DTL. Hey, guys, so the way I see it is they could keep both, or they couldn't they keep both Lindsay and Vaughn, so they chose a position with more value. Is this how you guys see it? Obviously, they couldn't get rid of both because 90% of jerseys sold are those two. Well, Mace, it, it comes down to this is they could have kept both. They could have Easily. given a second round. It would have cost them a million and a half more to keep Philip Lindsay. And if you're keeping Vaughn for $22 million, you can find three and a half million for Phil. And like we mentioned earlier, the cap numbers on Ronald Darby and Shelby Harris, according to what over the cap has put out there for this year, are very reasonable $4 million for each. Yeah. And the salary cap figure all along has accounted for the Broncos picking up Von Miller's option. So it's not right. like they went from, you know, I believe on over the cap this morning, they had, because they hadn't accounted for the two RFA round two tenders that it was 30, 2.9 million it comes down a little bit from that uh but if they wanted phil Lindsay back there there was no problem fitting, fitting him in and being able to get another corner and being able to get a competition quarterback they yep. they could have had their cake and eaten it too if they wanted. to by the way we got one more comment coming in as well hey, from casper buzzer beater bow, 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 bow. and casper says fellas with vaughn and shelby back what moves would we need to be made in order to afford watson's contract None, none, nothing uh, this year. He's just north of $10 billion on the cap. And actually in terms of like Von Miller comes off the books for 2022, basically, if you just take, you're kind of filling it saying, okay, we're filling in the gaps here. If you trade for Deshaun Watson and then Von Miller plays out his deal and then you move on in 2022, that's when Deshaun starts seeing some big cap numbers you know what? You have Von Miller off your books. It's easy. This does not take the Broncos out of the mix for Deshaun Watson in any way, shape, or form. No, it absolutely does not, which is just, it's, it's exciting. And, you know, I know some people and Mace, including yourself, think, think that, you know, letting Kareem hurts a, a tiny bit and it probably hurt, hurts a little bit, but the fact that financially you're still okay is huge. And Broncos have an address quarterback. We'll see what they do today. And Mace, before we go, got to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental because we've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentistry. They reached out and let us know how great their experience was with them and thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. And what you want from someone taking care of your teeth is someone that's going to treat you like family. And that's exactly what they do over at Green Mountain Dental. In fact, our director of sales, Lindsay, and of course, Allie had their wisdom teeth removed over at Green Mountain Dental over the past year. And the dentist personally called them a few days after to check up on them personally, which is just huge. It shows you that family care that they have. Have. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's all you have to do is take care of your teeth in order to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. You're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, and they've been a longtime DNVR partner. So supporting them is supporting us. So we'd please ask you to check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental and make sure to schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam for that free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today, man. It's been a blast 
last of 24 hours of free agency. And I love breaking it down with you guys today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. We will, of course, be back tomorrow. We'll be live on YouTube in the morning. So make sure to tune in for everything that goes on today. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Roll out the truck and took a country drive Now understand that you need some time I know some landmarks we used to hit Where flying cotton Don't